Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to Healing the Whole Person, a weekly show uh, where we uh, have special guests that enlighten us, which we will have in spades today. Uh, my name is Susie McGinn, and I am your hostess today. Our special guest, which comes to us grace, gracefully every month, uh, great, great, gratitude with great gratitude uh, is Father Bob Sears. Um, Father Sears has been for the last several months doing a series um, that we're going to uh, continue today. Actually, this is the last in the series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Father, I just wanted to say that as I was reading some of your talking points and. Um, of what you wanted to cover today. I I love this gift of the fear of the Lord. That is what we'll be covering. And it made me realize um, again that we are chosen people, that um, the gifts that God has given us to help us spread his word and be part of his plan and bring others into that plan he empowers us fills us and controls us by the gifts of the holy spirit and i know that um you're going to give us a, a a short summary to encourage us in what we're going to be listening today to today um and you're going to because you've taught us during these last several months and uh, it's, it's been so powerful, so rich. And so I look forward to this today. And so, Father, um, give us then a, good, a little short summary on the gifts as you begin, and then we will get into the fear of the Lord. Very good. Yeah, thank you very much, Susie. Uh, we've been considering the spiritual gifts, as Susie said, of the Holy Spirit. This is Isaiah 11 two to three, and they were given originally at our baptism and our confirmation to strengthen us in the mission for spreading the good news that Jesus came to bring us. And so they're gifts that God uses to empower us to do that. So we need, I'll just review them briefly, we need wisdom and understanding in order to see the world from God's point of view. And we need counsel and fortitude to, to respond in everyday situations and also to have the, the strength to do that and to speak out for the truth, the fortitude. And we need knowledge and uh, to know our life's purpose because in some ways we each have a particular goal and purpose in life and God's given us the gifts for that. And little by little he reveals it to us and then we we really find ourselves in doing those things from God's point of view. And we need then uh, piety uh, is to motivate us with a filial affection for our loving Father. So, it, so we aren't just doing that out of obligation, but we have a love for, the, for God. And the gift that we're considering today, which as Susie mentioned, is fear of the Lord. 
And this is the final gift that really is uh, what guides and empowers all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Fear of the Lord. And so the Lord been kind of raising up certain texts for me to kind of bring that to a head. I was struck by the gospel of the Feast of St. Benedict a week and a half ago. is a powerful witness that what God, what Jesus himself lived and how he taught his disciples. He said, no disciple is above his teacher, no slave above his master. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more those of his household? And then he goes on, therefore, do not be afraid of them. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but after that can't do anything. But rather be afraid of the one who can kill both the body and the soul in the Gehenna. I love that that one line. It says, what, what I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear yes. whispered, proclaim on the housetops. I heard that in song and in word many years ago at a conference up in Minneapolis, and I've never forgotten, forgotten it. But that's what makes us the chosen people that I mentioned at the beginning, because we hear and we have that empowerment from the Holy Spirit who does speak to us and guide us and never forsakes us. Yes, yes, and especially in our, our particular day because we, with the virus and other things, it seems as though <clears throat> people are trying to make us afraid. You know, when, you're, when we're fearful, we're controllable because peer, people are fear of things happening. And right. so if you focus always on the things we're afraid of, they'll be able to control us. And in a sense, that's what seems to be happening today. You, you see in the news all the different, uh, the amount of people that are catching the virus and the, the amount of people who are dying from it. And so we're kept afraid and then they, they we've locked down all these things. And so <clears throat> what Jesus is saying is very important at this time. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, in other words, of death, but rather be afraid of the one, but it's not really fear that he's talking about here. It's no. like a, it's a total awe. Well, that's <laughs> you know? what I was going to say. <laughs> this is a different kind of fear that we're, yeah. we should have. You know? Exactly. It, it, it's like, it is awe. It's like, this is, yeah. it's like that God can do all things, you know, and so nobody can do anything God doesn't permit. Right. And so, in a sense, if you're going to be afraid of anything, keep your eyes on God, because that's that, that's a fear, as well, I'll uh, bring up later, that doesn't bring fear. It actually brings love and, right. and hope. It's a, it's a reverential fear. Uh, yes. I lo always loved that explanation, because it really always helped me understand uh, what the fear of the Lord was. Uh, it... it and uh, it's just, you're in awe. There's so many ways that we can be in awe of God. Yeah, and if it's, it's, I can remember when I was first, and I had my depression and and was brought to a, a passage in 
uh, Isaiah 43. You do not look at what is behind. I was trying to do a self-analysis to see why I was depressed, and I just got more depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that wasn't the solution. And so what this uh, Isaiah 43 had is, don't be afraid. And it says, uh, see I am making all things new. Oh. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Isn't that in other words, revelation? we're talking about the creator of the universe. We're yeah. not talking about just anything in the new universe. The creator of the universe is beyond the universe. Mm-hmm. See, we're made out of nothing. And God creates us new. So we said, you know, behold, I am making all things new. I realized that my depression wasn't the last word. I didn't have to find out how it happened. I just needed to open up to receive the new creation that God was doing. He always makes things out of nothing. In other words, what we now have, he uses to bring up something new that's even better. So God couldn't have allowed even sin to happen unless he had in mind to bring out a greater good because God is love. You know, so if I, we focus on God, then we're going to not be afraid of those that can kill the body. We'll be, we'll be have our eyes on because what we're afraid of is is really what we keep our eyes on, isn't it? That's yeah. that's yeah. We don't Absolutely. we don't want to be caught off guard. So we, if we're going to watch about dying, you know, then we're going to be very careful about putting on the masks and doing all these different things that we, and that's none of that is is wrong. Uh, we need to take, uh, uh, you know, Precautions, we need to do yeah. the things that are necessary not to put ourselves in the the, the harm's way. But uh, we need to factor in, as we're doing that, the cost of the solution. Exactly. Because right now we're making people so afraid of the, the virus that a lot of other things are being closed down or bringing harm in other ways, you know, like our economy and the, the businesses that are closed down, etc. So we need to factor all of that in to have a kind of overview of the whole, which we wouldn't be just focusing on fearful of, of death, because it, that's not the goal of God. God, his goal is life and right. love. Right. You know that there's that famous quote, it says, the fear of uh, the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's what we need when we are looking at all the ramifications of the virus and how we are treating it and how we are preventing it. And we have to have that God's wisdom in evaluating what we're called to do. And I was talking to my son last night. He's going to be one of the volunteers at our parish for bringing in uh, the people. Uh, We're starting Masses this Sunday. And uh, he was expressing some of his concerns. And I said, what you can bring them is common sense. And that's what wisdom gives us. It helps us to see things as they are and not be bathed in fear. And mm-hmm. uh, so he, I, I think he'll be very good at that. And, but I, I love that also, that quote you just said, Lord, I mean, um, dear Father Sears, the, uh, uh, the um, see, I make all things new. I didn't realize that that was in Isaiah, but I think it's also in Revelation, is it not? 
yes, I mean, it's, it's uh, several places, but that was the particular text I was led to <clears throat> when I was depressed in Germany. So that, that was a revelation to me in a special way. Mm-hmm. Because actually that particular text in Isaiah 43 is in the section of Israel's depression. They had been exiled into uh, Babylon and uh, so they were in a, a hopeless kind of situation. The temple had been destroyed. All of the things that made their life meaningful had been destroyed. And so God, in the midst of that, gave this particular passage, you know, do not be afraid. So it, it basically says, behold, I make all things new. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Yes. In the desert I make a way, mm. in the wasteland rivers, wild beasts honor me, jackals and ostriches, for I put water in the desert for my chosen people to drink, the, drink, the people I formed for myself that they might announce my praise. Oh. And now, so how God reassuring. is, in a sense, <laughs> taking them out of Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> Take the, This is a symbol of the the desert they went through in order to purify them for something new and he has to he has to give time to destroy the old fears <laughs> right he wants them he wants them to have an openness to himself and and, and his ways to to see how he's working and how he can work in their lives and i think and you know that is i always remember um again that see i make all things new in the the passion of the christ when jesus that scene when he's walking down the via della rosa and his mother is going from portico to portico to trying to see him as he's agony as he's walking down towards the to uh, calvary or up to calvary she he says to her he stops what one moment and says see i'm making all things new uh-huh. And I just, I thought, to me, that was the most poignant um, f- time in the film for, for me personally. It just Isn't, awoke me. <laughs> that's what he did, exactly. exactly. No, that's what he did, and that was what, what we have in, uh, in John's Gospel, for example. When Mary, uh, <clears throat> you know, at Cain uh, uh, said they don't have any wine, and Jesus said, what's that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. And uh, so then he said, she said, do whatever he tells you. Right. She got him started. Wonderful miracle. I think I read you the passage from Isaiah. I don't know that uh, many people know about it. I, I didn't know about it myself until I just stumbled on it. But it seems like it's almost the fulfillment of Cana. It says, on this mountain, this is Isaiah 25, 6 to 8. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will provide for all peoples a feast of rich food and choice wines. Oh, yes. Juicy, rich food and pure, choice wines. 150 gallons of it. On this mountain, he will destroy the veil that veils all peoples, the web that is woven over all nations. He will destroy death Mm -hmm. forever. Yes. The Lord God will wipe away a tears from all faces. The reproach of his people he will remove from the whole earth, for the Lord has spoken. So that's, he's, he's foreshadowing at Cana his hour. And so when the hour comes, he fulfills it. 
yeah. on the cross. That's his hour. Absolutely. John 13, 1. And then Knowing in, that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And so this is where the end is his dying, which then restored our family relationships with God. And so he, he, he gave his mother to us on the cross, and later on he gives his father to Mary Magdalene and the disciples, go tell my father that you are, I am ascending to my father and to your father, to my God and to your God. So mm. through that crisis, which brought about his death, he has restored us to what he intended for humans before Adam and Eve sinned, namely to be the family of God. Isn't that beautiful? It is so beautiful. <laughs> and you know, the, the next verse from in Isaiah that you were reading, in uh, uh, verse 9, it says, And it will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God, for whom we have waited, that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Amen. Amen. Now, I, I, I was just thinking, you know, Susie, that about uh, the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius, because when Jesus says, be, be fearful of this, that's because it's the beginning of wisdom, as you said. Yeah. And to be fearful of God, not fear, but keep your eyes on God. And that's exactly what St. Ignatius does in the spiritual exercises, because the first principle and foundation is humans are created to praise, reverence, and serve God our Lord, and by this means to save their souls. Everything else on the face of the earth is created for humans to attain this goal. Right. Therefore, they are to be used insofar as they help us attain the goal and discard it if they don't. So focus on the fear of death causes death to be our goal. That's not what we should be focusing on. We should be focusing on God who is love and the source of life, and he allows death as a purification. So we're all going to die, so that shouldn't be our final purpose is a to physical avoid death. death yes but not <laughs> a spiritual death we won't die death. until god wants us to so That's it's right. not we don't have to worry about when it happens <laughs> i think sometimes I thinking, uh, you know because in other ages when we had plagues etc people used those as opportunity to serve people saint ignatius saint aloysius for example was a jesuit novice at the time actually died in the plague in rome when he was serving the the people there so it was like, those are the ones that are opportunity. Now, I'm not saying that's what we should be doing today. We have to just follow what the Lord asks us to do. We right. should take the precautions that are necessary, but not use them as an escape from doing what God would want to have happen in this critical time. That's right. Well, I think we, we focus on, I get, sometimes people get death of the body and death of the soul confused. And so we're yes. talking about both here. And, yes, um, yes. and we have to be good stewards of what God has given us, the bodies he's given us. But yes. we have to be better stewards of our souls, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. That's, yes. why we're, that's why we're spending these months talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because we want to grow and be controlled and filled and empowered by God's gifts 
through the right. Holy Spirit, because that's that's where we're going to get the life. That's where the spiritual death goes away, and the spiritual, the eternal life comes in. So that's yeah. that's our hope, right? <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, and also the very notion of you know, Jesus says those who uh, focus on the body will lose the body, but right. those who focus on kind of serving God will gain the body. So basically. The reason is that God's love is so self-sacrificing love. See, only God can love without focusing on himself. So the Father's very nature is to give life to the Son, and the Son's very nature is to receive that life and give it back to the Father. And so their joint love is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So God's love is totally self-giving yes. because he doesn't need anything from us. So even though we make sacrifices, he, he ultimately redirected the sacrifices to changing your hearts because he doesn't need the oxen and the cattle. They all belong to him anyway. <laughs> the cattle <laughs> he owns on a all thousand the birds meals. of the air and he owns everything that we have. In fact, he owns us too because oh, we're made sure. out of nothing. Absolutely. We're totally a gift. Totally and a he gift, wants yeah. us to, to to be like our father who is giving from the gifts that he gives to us. That's what our purpose is. That's why fear of the Lord is important for knowledge, for knowing our purpose in life. Right. Because it's the fear of the Lord is necessary for all of those gifts because it's focusing on the priority of focusing on God in all of the gifts. Yes. That's what Jesus did. The Son can only do, he said, what he sees He's the, the Father, Father doing. doing. Right. One of the things, the points I wrote down for myself was that we need to be aware of why we were created. And that's exactly what you just said. I yes. think that it's very important that we r realize what our God-given gifts are and how we can uh, express the fear of the Lord, the awe, and the and gl give glory to Him by by using those gifts for His glory, for His purposes, Amen. and that is yeah. the uh, the most fulfilling thing that we can do in our lives. Uh, Amen. And, Amen. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's good. The, um, and I love this uh, from um, Romans in 8, uh, 38, 39. It says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Glory Amen. to God. Isn't that, I mean, there's, that is, now that is hope, and that's a promise that is above all promises. Amen. And so, Father, I'm sure that our listeners, and you can hear that um, familiar music, which is telling us we're going to take a little break here. Please stay with us uh, for this, I've, think a very exciting discussion on the fear of the Lord. Thank you.
listen at 7 o'clock p.m. every Tuesday to WSFI Spotlight, a half-hour conversation with outstanding Catholics from our community and around the world. WSFI Spotlight re-airs on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. or listen on demand anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit WSFIRadio.org for more information. It's WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Only on WSFI Catholic Radio, Tuesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. A prayer for deliverance with Father John Grigas, the rector of the National Shrine of St. Maximilian Kolbe at Marytown. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult or the New Age that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, brothers, and sisters, and families, and we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have bound any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices and we invoke Mother Mary also and all the saints in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners and may they be broken in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit may he send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them and may our Mother Mary place her motherly mantle to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall Amen Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Welcome back. This is Healing the Whole Person, our weekly show. Uh, My name is Susie McGinn, and you know, I omitted something very important at the beginning of our last uh, section, and uh, I wanted to introduce, I'm sure our regular listeners are listening and thinking, who is this wonderful priest that we have as our guest today? Uh, our familiar voice of Father Robert Sears, uh, SJ. He's the past president of ACT Heals and an association of healthcare providers who bring Jesus's healing to healthcare. A former professor at Jesuit School of Theology in Chicago and the Institute of Pastoral Studies of Loyola University in Chicago. He is a much in-demand spiritual director, a counselor, retreat presenter, and writer on various aspects of healing. Father Sears is considered a foremost authority on the family system and healing the family tree, and is, is a featured speaker monthly on this very program, WSFI 88.5 FM's Healing the Whole Person. And I'm sure as you listen to us and you listen to Father especially, you can hear how he laces his discussion with his own personal uh, opportunities that God's given him for his own personal healing in many ways. And so this is it's very encouraging to us 
to not just be lectured to, but to, to know that he's had this personal experience with our Lord. But speaking of healing, we have some um, prayer requests that Father is going to uh, pray for here before we go on with our discussion on the fear of the Lord. So uh, please, Father, if you would um, uh, lead us in prayer. Sure. These are some requests that have been given by the people who are in the, in the uh, tending to the program. <clears throat> Heidi has asked. Uh, she's she's asking God to open up the channels of uh, married life for her and to open her to anyone that that He's particularly chosen chosen for uh, her for, yeah, for their married life. And so we pray for that. And for Susie, uh, has asked for Jack, who has a heart ablation, cauterized nerve, and so a very irregular heartbeat. So, Lord Jesus, you're in charge of our bodies. You've created them in the first place with Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit. And so you know what's needed. And we ask for your special presence there to bring that healing. And then we have an anonymous person who's praying for anxiety. Remember, anxiety is always about the future. And the future is in God's hands. We don't have control of it. And so if we are afraid, we're going to cause it worse if we try to do something about it. Anxiety has to do with fear in the future. And so if the future isn't in our control, but God is, and he only can let things happen that he means to bring good out of, we really should let go of the anxiety because that prevents us from responding spontaneously and open up to simply trusting that God has a meaning for whatever he allows to happen. And if we ask him to show us what the meaning is, we can get free of the anxiety. So Lord Jesus, we ask that for this person who's asking for that prayer. And then some have died. This is Mrs. Velo has died and we pray for her. Remember death is not the end. It is, you might say, the transition into eternal life. And so we need to look at it rather now because of Jesus as the key to entering into our total fulfillment of what God is in store for us. And then there's a baby who's had leukemia and needs to be, have special healing. And we pray for the baby. I just anoint the baby in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm. Then we pray for Patricia, who is the daughter of uh, Jane Rubel. And uh, she has had trouble healing an ankle that was injured in a car accident. And she's diabetic and has other needs too, and so physical and spiritual needs. So we raise up all of these intentions, Lord. We know that you love them more than, than we could know. You have created them, and so you know exactly what we all need. We ask that you open them up to you, who are our loving Father, who will do whatever we ask if it's according to his will. And for us to get healed is according to your will, first spiritually, because remember, with the paralytic, he forgave his sins first, and then he said, get up and walk. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because it's our sins that keep us blocked. And that's what happened also for the cripple in John's Gospel in the first fifth, fifth chapter. He was told to get up and walk and don't sin anymore. 
So the sins are what oftentimes make our illnesses worse and make it very difficult for us to get healed from it because we aren't trusting in God's love. So the the foundation, as I'll indicate, of all healing is God's love. And that's really what we have to keep our focus on. And that's, I guess, I'd like to pick up from from that point there, Susie. Just uh, what I mentioned here is that... Many of the <clears throat> members of our family, you know, <clears throat> the uh, when I was, uh, you know, thinking about this, the fear of the coronavirus and uh, the ways that, uh, you know, that people have gotten afraid about that and also the focus on the father, it dawned on me that the doxology that is mentioned in one of Michael Gately's books is the conclusion of the canon of the mess. If you remember the consecration of the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ at the canon of the Mass, and then the prayers for the Pope and the people and for those who've died in union with the communion of saints, then the priest holds up the body and blood and he says this doxology, through him, Mm -hmm. that is Jesus, now we've already celebrated that Jesus is present on there, and he's just, we're reenacting the sacrifice of the Mass in the Mass, the sacrifice of the Passover and his death and resurrection in every Mass. And so through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, the in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Through Jesus, his gift of his self on the cross, God's glory is revealed. He says in John 17 that I have glorified you by performing the works that you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me with the glory I had with you before the foundation of the world. What does glory mean? It means the Holy Spirit, as Gregory of Nyssa pointed out. When Jesus said, I have given them the glory, that you have given to me, that they may be one as we are one. They are one in the Holy Spirit. So we are one in the Holy Spirit. It's as though the radiation of God's love shines through the cross because it's God willing to not to spare his own son, but to give him up for love of all of us. So he could take on the sins of all of us on himself and the consequences. That's what the dying is. It's really what we deserve for our sins. And all the ridicule and the mockery and the spitting on him and the being naked on the cross, the shame, and all of those things and the feeling of being abandoned. My God, why have you abandoned me? All of that is really what we feel. And he's identified with it, so he doesn't judge in that sense. He only loves, and he takes it all on himself, and he's the manifestation of his Father. He learns it all from his Father. This is who God is. God is self-sacrificing love, and is revealed in Jesus on the cross. And when I was thinking of that, in the rosary walk I usually do every morning, is this time I, I, I... did the sorrowful mysteries and I did it uh, with Jesus uh, being loved by the Father as he went through all of those things. In other words, his in, his intercession for everybody, the, you know, in the agony in the garden. It was the Father who was asking him to do that, to intercede for all of us. 
and then to you know be scourged and he's taking all of that punishment the father is so pleased with that it was like he was seeing the father hurting himself because he hurts so much because his own children have turned away from him and he's in their going being lost so he's willing to do all that suffering to to draw us back again and so all of that it was the most powerful rosary i think i've ever walked <laughs> i did it like as it though jesus was doing it for his father yeah and yeah. his father was loving him and doing that and it was always for us too so we were all being included in it and we were all being brought up into one big sacrifice of love to the father who was then going to give himself to us as the fulfillment that's what that doxology is doing through him with him and, and, and in, in him, him. O oh god the father in the unity of the holy spirit all glory and honor is yours forever and ever Amen. Amen. Michael Gately says that's the conclusion, you might say, of the whole liturgy and really of all our life, if you want. Right. So it, that's it, a beautiful it, expression the of the of God the, as the focus, you know. It's like the seal on the transubstantiation, isn't it? Yes. It's just the, yes. that closure. You know, when you were reading from John before, the the last verse I love in that chapter, it says, And, Father, I have made your name known to them and will make it known so that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. And that, th that reminds me, I don't know if you're familiar with a book, it's called One with Jesus. It was uh, writ written by a, a, mm -hmm. a Jesuit, mm -hmm. uh, Father Paul Dieger, in the mm -hmm. 19, about a hundred years ago, he wrote this book, he was a Jesuit, and it, it's a beautiful book. It's one of those books you can pick up and open on, on any page and be inspired, but it's so anointed. But one of the things he said is that one of the reasons he said that Jesus did this uh, for us is because he of course he first and foremost he loved his father so much so he wanted to bring more souls more people more hearts back to his father so there'd be all not only his love for us his father but all of our love for the father so he wanted to increase it a billion times fold a trillion times fold so that we his father would receive uh, the glory and the and <laughs> the uh, honor that uh, because of his death on and passion on the cross and yes, so yes. I just thought that always uh, touched me so much when I so he's he used to say when you pray the Our Father he said it we say our he Jesus said our because it's his Father and our Father. Yes, and right. uh, he said, although he never includes himself actually in in the hour, because Jesus is a unique Son. We are all children of God in Jesus. Yes, that's right. Because he's the Son, and we're united because of the Holy Spirit. So he always said, like he said to Mary Magdalene, "Go tell my disciples, our brothers, my brothers, that I am ascending to my Father." and to your, your father. father yeah so when we say our father it's all of us adopted children right but with jesus too but jesus is the unique son the only begotten son of the father who rests in the bosom of the father as 1 john 18 says so or john 1 18 
And so I, 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 it reminded me of this story of Wild Bill, and I might have shared it before, but uh, I'd like to share it again in this light. Sure. So <clears throat> this story was in the aftermath of World War II, and it's told by a soldier who was part of a group assigned to a concentration camp near Wuppertal in Germany. And he was charged with getting medical help for the newly liberated prisoners. And he said that it was the most shattering experience that he'd ever had, that the men had existed on starvation diets, and for many it was an irreversible process. Scores died in spite of all the medicine and food that they could rush to them. And it was then that he met this one of the inmates with a handlebar mustache and an unpronounceable Polish name, which he, they got to call Wild Bill, <laughs> after the, the Western hero. Like Wild Bill Hitchcock, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And his energy was indefatigable. And since he was fluent in English, French, German, and Russian, and Polish, he became an unofficial camp translator. And so he showed no signs of weariness. And while they were drooping with the fatigue, he seemed to gain strength. My goodness. And he, he thought Wild Bill hadn't been there for a long time, but he found that his papers came in. It was he'd been there for six years. My goodness. He had lived on the same starvation diet, slept in the same airless and disease-ridden barracks as everyone else, but without the least physical or mental deterioration. Mm -hmm. Even more amazing, every group in the camp looked on him as a friend, while the different nationalities of prisoners hated each other almost as much as they did the Germans. He counseled forgiveness. Mm. It was not easy. One, he, he was just saying he, it's not easy for them. some of them to forgive. They were over coffee or some drinks at a lunch and and so many of them have lost members of their families and then Wild Bill began to talk about himself he said we lived in a Jewish section of Warsaw he began slowly my wife our two daughters our three little boys five of them when the Germans reached our street they lined everyone up against the wall and opened fire with machine guns okay. oh I begged to be allowed to die with my family, but because I spoke German, they put me in the work group. And I had to decide right then, he continued, whether I should let myself hate the Germans who had done this. It was an easy decision, he said. I was a lawyer, and in my practice I had seen too often what hate did to people's minds and bodies. Right. Hate, hate had just killed the six people who mattered most to me in the world. I decided then that I would spend the rest of my life, whether it was a few days or a few or many years, loving every person I came in contact with. Oh. And the, the writer of the story, that was Carol Truman, but she got it from another source. And her book is called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die, if you want to look it up. Oh, what a beautiful, inspiring story. Was Loving he, was, every person yeah. she went on. This yeah. is the power that had kept a man well in the face of every privation. Sure. Wild Bill lived on the same starvation diet and slept in the same airless and disease-ridden barracks as everyone else, but without the least physical or mental deterioration. Wild Bill's attitude, the feeling in his heart-mind, was one of pure and simple love. It was a choice of a thoughtful Jew. Mm. 
that is the choice that Jesus challenges us to make. Fear of the Lord Lord. is given to us to have the courage to put God first, and God is love. Perfect love casts out fear and brings healing and life. This is the reason why fear of the Lord is, you might say, the foundation of healing and the foundation of new life. So that's important for us to, to realize. So it's kind of like, you know, it's an eye-opener, isn't it? To, yeah. to realize the healing power of love. Mm-hmm. If we all love totally, we would have no illnesses ourselves. We would pick up the illnesses of other people because Jesus did. He didn't have any sin himself. He had no illness in his own body. He picked up all of the need for healing for all of us. And that's what he took willingly and gave forgiveness. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And that's a universal prayer because nobody knows what they're doing. If we really knew what we were doing, we would never do that. No, you know, Because there's... we are really destroying things when we choose sin. We're not giving them life. And if we choose love, and that's the very nature of the universe, that everything is love. Imagine the universe if everybody recognized that God's love was in everything, making us happy. He made trees the way they are. He made the flowers the way they are. He made the birds the same. You know, it's all creativity, Absolutely. and nothing's the same. He's, no. he's just infinite creativity. It's, it's <laughs> and he wants us to be that way ourselves. So when we get painters, you know, that bring that out, that we see the a sharing, a little sharing of the infinite creativity of God in these people with those gifts, you know, exactly. and the scientists that use their gifts to bring us new understanding. All of that is simply revelation of God. Oh, I think of that often. I, you can go into any room and sit down quietly and look around and say, how many of the things in this room can you make? Can you create? Do you have the talent for this and that? But God gave it to somebody. Somebody gave us the the ability for you and me to be to be on this radio program today by the miracle of 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 radio and those that created it, and the desk that I'm sitting at, and the TV I'm looking at, and the book I'm reading. I don't know how to create any of these things and probably you don't either but god gave this gift to someone so that we can use that gift to share his message today but you know father when you're talking about that um wonderful story of wild bill it reminds me of what the angel said to abraham he said when he was about to slay his son The angel said, do not stretch your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now, I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. So Uh there was a perfect example of the fear of the Lord, right? (laughs) Yes, and also the revelation of the Lord, because why would God ask him to do that? Right. You think it's because he did it. Right. God is asking him to do what God is the father is willing to do and to he, let his son be a sacrifice for the healing of all of us right and he tested Abraham and he tested Jesus in the garden amen. of Gethsemane right amen <laughs> oh amen. thank you father thank you will you give God us your blessing before you we close may the blessing of almighty God the father the son and holy spirit descend upon you and remain forever 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Thank you. on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.